0: Shalom and welcome to a new series and the title of this series is called hebrew numerology now we need to be very careful because many times when people hear that they assume something different than what i intend what they think i'm talking about is something that's very popular in judaism which is called gematria what is gematria well gematria is the belief that uh, words in the scriptures and they would say only in the hebrew scriptures have numerical values for example if you take that sacred name of god the Vav Vavhe, usually translated the lord that has a numerical value of 26 because letters and hear this carefully letters in hebrew have numerical values for example the first letter aleph is one the tenth letter is ten and you go on and you find that other numbers have as well numerical values attached to them and therefore how a word is spelt you look at those letters you add up their numerical values for each letter and therefore you have the numerical value for a word and therefore gamatria sees significance between words that have the same numerical value let's be very clear i reject gamatria. i do not believe that there is any merit any value in it there's going to be one exception and i'll explain why when we get to that number in the next several months but in a general rule, I totally reject the worthiness of gematria. I'm talking about something very different. I'm talking about numbers, not numerical values, but numbers that appear in the Bible. I'll give you an example in a moment and we'll do the number one. But be very, very clear on something. And that is the significance of that number is only applied to the bible where that number appears in the scripture you can't take for example the significance of the number seven in the bible and say well i was born on the seventh day of the month therefore no it has no relationship whatsoever or i live at number seven main street there no it has no significance for your personal life for some situation that you encounter the numbers only have significance in the bible not apply to anything outside the bible now how do we derive the significance of those numbers because we go through the scriptures and we look at that number let's say we're dealing with the number one and we look at all the occurrences of that number one in scripture both in the old testament and the new testament whereas gematria is only applied to hebrew primarily this study is applied to all the scriptures both the old testament the hebrew bible the tanakh or the new covenant what's commonly referred to as the new testament the same significance for those numbers in the old testament also that same significant applies in the new testament as well but again only for the scriptures so again what is the methodology you go through and look at all the places in the scripture where that number appears and to see is there something consistent that is connected to that number throughout the scriptures if it is there you have the nuance of that number and what it brings to the understanding of that passage again as we go through this series and we're going to go through many many numbers we're going to see how to do the study and why those numbers have the significance that they do but again the foundation for this uh this thought of hebrew numerology is based upon this that the Word of God is inspired by God perfectly and every word the meaning of that word the grammatical construction of that word even word order all of that is significant and all of that gives us greater revelation so let's begin with our first example I want to deal with the number one Now, the first time the number one appears in the Bible, and if you take out your Bible and it's highly advisable for you to do this, you're going to see a problem immediately because your Bible is not going to translate things probably in an accurate in a literal way. Let me just give you a simple example of this. Look at Genesis chapter 1 and notice what the scripture says beginning in verse 3. Now, God made the heavens and the earth. The scripture says that they were tohu vevohu, meaning they did not reflect the order of God initially. But we see that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God spoke, and through the Spirit and His Word, we see a change, a God-pleasing change. Things were brought into the will of God, and the will of God is related to the concept of good what is good in the bible that which is in agreement with the will of god but look at verse 3 and god said let there be light and there was light and god saw that the light that it is good meaning that the light was in accordance with his will and god made a distinction between the light and between darkness Verse 5, and God called light day. And to the night he called, or to the darkness he called night. And then it says it came about an evening and a morning. And then what does your Bible say? Most Bibles will say the first day. But it doesn't say Hayom HaRashon, the first day. It says Yom Echad, one day day now the number one relates to god it can also relate to a unique unity we'll talk more about that in the moment but it has to do with god bringing things into a condition that reflects him so the number one relates to god and i'm going to share with you in another passage we see that number one appearing the hebrew word echad and it's in a very famous one and you can turn there if you like to the book of deuteronomy deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. you're all very familiar probably with this passage of scripture where god speaks and he says shema yisrael hear o israel the lord our god the lord is one Echad. And therefore, we see clearly that the number one is related to God, that there's one God. Now, what's unique is that this word echad is used in the scripture for unity. The word achdut, same root, comes from that same word one, speaks of unity. For example, the two. I'm speaking about the male and the female, the husband and the wife within that covenant of marriage. They too become one flesh, meaning that they become a new entity. And who brings them into that new condition? God does. So the two become one in God. That's what the scripture is saying. But let's look at one more point and we'll keep it brief today look if you would to the book of Zechariah the book of Zechariah and chapter 14 now this is an important chapter because it speaks about the kingdom of God in its first manifestation I'm speaking about the millennial kingdom and notice what it says I would encourage you to look please to Zechariah 14 And let's do verse 9 where it says and it came about that the lord became king over all the earth and on that day the lord he will be one now this speaks about the uniqueness of god and that god has brought his kingdom into unity under his name why do i say his name because the scripture says and on that day the lord will be one and his name one one is significant because it relates to god and name has to do with the character of god so there's going to be one character and this one kingdom because of this one god and it all speaks about god ruling he is the king there is no other one speaks about the unique god the god of israel and it speaks here about how his character is going to dominate his kingdom and that his rule according to his kingdom is going to be the standard for that kingdom so when we look at the scripture we see one relates to god it speaks about god in his uniqueness that he is Ahad and not yachid yachid would be an absolute one but Ahad speaks about bringing things sometimes multiple things into a perfect unity that reflects the one name of god that character of god so what we have done is that we have seen how the number one relates to god and if you go through the scripture and here again Can you find exceptions to this? Yes, you can. But there is a strong, and hear that, a strong tendency when that number one appears in the Bible that it has to do with God. It brings God's presence, God's character, God's uh, rule into that situation. Here again, don't take my word for it. I would encourage you to do your own study You can look up the various places that one appears in the Bible, but be careful, because sometimes a word is translated, and it's one, and it appears that way in the concordance one, but it's actually a different word. So you have to make sure that you're following the actual biblical word for one in the Scripture. Very important that we do that. Well, I'll conclude this first installment in our series on Hebrew numerology with that. Until next time, and we look at the number two. Until then, Shalom from Israel.